0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Noom. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. We are starting a new series called The Ten, and uh, we are looking at the commandments that God gave to the people of Israel and also how they apply to us. Uh, many of you guys will know, I mean, Many of you guys would know that uh, the commandments were given to Moses by God himself. Um, These were uh, commandments that were designed to uh, equip the nation and to help them in their relationship with him. Uh, And so many of us, well, some uh, are of the opinion that the commandments no longer apply because that was Old Testament, and we're living in the New Testament. There is a new commandment, uh, and there is new covenant. But I just want to kind of erase that thinking from your thoughts, amen, somebody, Uh, because pretty much all of the commandments that we see in the Old Testament feature in the New Testament as well. And so uh, over the next... um, 10 weeks, oh my goodness. We are going to be unpacking each of these commandments. We're going to be diving deep into them. Now, the other thought is this, that, um, uh, that, that the commandments were actually uh, filled with, with universal, I guess, universal commandments that uh, were in existence before they were compiled together. For example, we did not need to... Have a commandment that says, "Thou shall not murder," to know that we shouldn't murder. Uh, murder is a bad idea, guys. You know, and uh, and and we uh, we we actually didn't need to n- have a commandment that says, uh, "Thou shall not steal." Uh, you know, it wasn't like, "Wow, we shouldn't steal." Okay, uh, let's give all that stuff we just stole back to whoever it was. No, we kind of have these universal commandments already ingrained in our hearts. Amen. It's Our conscience our conscious determines these commandments. But God was compiling these commandments, not just for, whoa, for the benefit of the believer, but uh, if you look at it in context, it was for the nation of Israel. Now, of course, we're going we're gonna to apply what God intended for the nation of Israel and apply that to ourselves as well. Because It's still as relevant as ever. Are you guys with me this morning? Um, I remember there's a uh, hearing a story uh, of a teacher who stood in front of a class holding up a hundred dollar bill, and this teacher says, Now, uh, who would like this hundred dollar bill? Uh, Anton, have you got a hundred dollar bill? Can I? <laughs> Is anybody, anybody, 50? Has anybody got a 20? Like, have you got a 20? Oh, fantastic. This really helps with the uh, uh, illustration. Okay. So there was a teacher that was holding this. Tr- Let's look at your purse. Your purse is so <laughs> full. full so, You've got a lot of stuff in there. Do you see what I carry? This is, this is like my life right here in this. Oh, fantastic. Oh, from behind Oh, there you go. Wait, I just want to make sure this thing is legit. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. So, so the teacher held up. You can keep pulling it out. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Jennifer, I'm sitting next to you from now on. Look at that. There's a lot of cash there. So the teacher was sitting. Uh, we don't need so much cash. You know, it just, just gets, ruins the illustration. Okay, holding the cash up like this. And the teacher asked the question, uh, who would like this? Yeah, Jennifer wants it back. Uh, and then the teacher began to, um, like, stand on it, you know, give it, give it a good once over like this, and held it up again, and said, now, who would still like this? Yeah, everybody put their hands up. Then the teacher just put it in a big bucket of mud, whoa, and uh, pulled it out, this muddy note, and, and said, now, who would still like this? Yeah. See the kids in the classroom went 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 silly. They, they they yeah, and I and the and the teacher kept you know scrunching it up like this, and and um and whatever whatever the teacher did to it, um the, and her their question would be who would still want this, and the classroom just said yeah we would still want it, and the point was this that regardless of what was done to that money, it didn't change the value or the worth of that money. In the same way, in, in our lives, amen somebody, uh, in, in, in our lives, now pay attention here because I'm going somewhere. In our lives, it doesn't matter what happens to us. It doesn't change the value. In our relationship with God and in our relationship with people, there are going to be times when we, when we go through the mud. There are going to be times when we are trodden on. There are going to be times we are stepped all over and we're, 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 you know, we're scrunched up, but that should never change our worth. Amen, somebody, or the value of that relationship. Our relationship is not based on what happens to us. It is—that's the difference. It, it relationship with God is a covenant. Everyone say covenant. A covenant is a is a commitment. that that two groups enter into. It's actually a a legal and a binding relationship. You were were bound to God the minute you said yes to Jesus. Amen. You entered into that covenant, and nothing that happens to you will change that covenant. Oh, that's got to be good news this morning. Yeah, say it again. I can't remember what I just said. I've got all this money in my pocket, and I just... I just, I just, I'm just, I'm just distracted right now. Okay, I better give it back. Okay, so you had that much. There we go. And I, I'm really struggling to give this money back. You know, it's like, is, it, is this yours? Wow, Tawa never does that to me. They're like, wow, that's amazing. Are you guys with me this morning? So we're talking about the commandments. The commandments is a is a series of guidelines, I call them guidelines, of guide rails uh, that will help you in your covenant. Amen. Your covenant with God and then your covenant with people. It will help you grow and develop if you stick to them. Some of these covenants or some of these guidelines that we're going to investigate and and break down uh, are no-brainers to us. Yet, uh, some of us might actually struggle in these. But if we hold fast to these, like, like a lot of other things in our lives, uh, there will be a good outcome. Amen, somebody. Amen. So I, I'm, I'm just really, really excited about how we're going to uh, uh, unpack these in the next few weeks. I want to start with the first one. So let's go to Exodus 20, uh, starting at verse 1 uh, and verse and then through to verse 3. Okay, it says this. And God spoke all these words. This is actually verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Um, I need to read the bit just before this. So give me a minute. In the, in the first verse, in the first verse of Exodus 20, it says this, oh no, this is, yeah, it says exactly that, <laughs> so, so, so I'm still distracted by the money that was, it felt really good to have all that cash in my pocket, all right. Here, let me say this. Verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought, you up, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You see that word there, Lord? I am the Lord. When you see the Lord in capitals like that, it's take note, okay? It features right throughout the scriptures. Anytime you see that, God is speaking personally to us. This is the name of the Lord, This is not a title, the Lord. This is the name of the Lord. Translated, this would actually read Yahweh or Jehovah. I am Jehovah, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Are you guys getting this this morning? The reason I bring this up is because we need to remind ourselves that God is a personal God, Yahweh, and wants a personal relationship with us. I mean, we, we heard about that in the series just that we had just concluded uh, a couple of weeks ago, that God is a personal God and He wants a personal relationship with us. But He recognizes that there are some things within us that need to shift in order for us to enter into that intimacy with Him. Now, the people of Israel were unfortunately under uh, uh, a lot of persecution. I mean, they had just spent 400 years in slavery. They had only known hardship. They had only known that uh, their only worth was in their ability to do something. They were, they were governed by the, the whip. They were governed uh, by the oppression of the Egyptians. Are you guys with me this morning? So when they came out of that space, you've got to imagine and you've got to understand that they still had the mindset of a slave. They were still living under that place. They, they, they didn't recognize their value. They didn't recognize what God had placed in them. So the commandments were largely God's way of, of eroding the slavery mindset that they had adopted and they had lived under, for 400 plus years, and and try, breaking that curse and helping them to see uh, who they were uh, in His eyes—that He was this—that that He had chosen them as His special people. Amen. Yes. Like they—they like, they, they were unique, and the, the Israelites. I know uh, so many of us think, well, uh, uh, Israel. Uh, 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 has been replaced, and the church are the people of God. Let me just remind you that God's people are always Israel. Amen. That we are actually to pray for Israel. And so they are a special people under a special covenant. And so we see here that God was largely wanting to restore their value and their worth. And he starts by reminding them of who he is. He says... I am the Lord your God. I am Jehovah. I am Yahweh your God. That's the first thing. The first, and um, when Jesus was asked this question, Lord, tell us what is the most important command, the commandment in scripture. What did Jesus answer or how did Jesus answer the question? He says, well, what does the Bible say? And then he says this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength. And then he says, love your neighbors; as you love yourself. Everything else hinders, hinges on those two. You guys you guys remember that? Yeah. And it was all about relationship with God. Love, I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you up out of Egypt, out of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. It's interesting to note here that when God brought the nation of Israel up out of slavery, he had to do it by force. Amen. The oppressors, the Egyptians, would not release the people of God, no matter how hard Moses tried. He can. He tried to convince them. Look, just let my people go. You know, even though I've seen that cartoon movie, Prince of Egypt, it's loosely based on this story. Uh, um, but within the context of, that, of Moses trying to convince Pharaoh, there were 10 plagues. Did you know that? 10 plagues. The interesting thing is that for every plague, there was a corresponding God that the Egyptians worshipped. For every plague. And so when God, through Moses released those plagues, he was also overcoming those gods, those false gods, that the nation of Israel had lived under for 400 plus years. Are you guys seeing that? It's an amazing amazing sequence of events. And what it demonstrates is this, that God is God. There is no one else like our God. Amen. God is God. He is a personal God. He is a loving God, and He is a God that wants nothing but the very best for His people. I want to take you to. Um, uh, I want to take you to a, three ways on how we can develop this worship or this heart. Or sorry, this heart for God, so that there is no other God but. Our Lord. Amen. You guys ready? So how do we keep this first command? The first command, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery. You shall have no other gods but me. How do we keep this command? It's very interesting that today, this morning, we kind of saw it on display. I reckon one of the greatest keys that we can know that God is God, that there is no other God but our God, is actually through worship. I believe it's through our worship. Our worship brings us into this space or this place of intimacy. Worship is more than just singing nice songs, uh, or sounding uh, sounding nice to the people around you. Worship is all about uh, intimacy, Amen. And so that's why we've got to be real careful that the direction of our worship is for God and about God only. We can have no other God or distraction when it comes to our worship. Our worship is for God alone. Our worship is just for Him. Isaiah 25 and verse 1, it says this, O Lord, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. You planned them long ago, and now you have accomplished them. Psalm 143, it says, Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure His greatness. The key to keeping, the first key to keeping this command is through worship. It's through developing a heart of worship. Do you remember that old song? Uh, uh, How does it go? When the music fades and all... Okay, everybody's got this. Yeah, I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord. Thing I made it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And they're back on the song list, you know. (laughs) But I love that song because it really defines what worship is. It's all about Yahweh. It's all about God. That that our heart's desire is to worship the Lord. This morning when I was home and uh, getting ready for today, I just had the music going in the background. And I tell you what, it's one of the most, quickest way to enter into the presence of God is through worship. That's why we start our services with worship. And when we can, we end our service with worship. Why? Because it just takes us to that place. That's why for our worship team and those who lead us in worship, that's why I feel like it's it's, it's a battle for you guys. Because you've got all these Things you've got to achieve in that four-song list of yours. You've got to, you know, somehow take a whole group of people who have, you know, just slowly filtered into the service this morning. They probably, you know, what did they kick the dog and ran over the cat on their way in, you know, and uh, or they're having an argument in the car, you know, it's like, and then they come in with, you know, floating on the on the carpet. Or they've had a bad week. It's been a rubbish week. And, and within four songs, we've got to try and, you know, uh, take their focus off of all of that and put it onto God somehow. And, uh, and in the same time, you guys, you've got to be singing in harmony and you've got to be following, you know, you've got to, you know, oh, there's that, there's that oh, Anton played the wrong key again, you know. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like all this stuff that goes on in your head that it can easily be a distraction for you guys. I I know this because I used to worship for years in this place. Um, But somehow, spiritually, we've got to battle through all of that so we can get to a place where it really is all about you. Is anybody hearing this this morning? That we, that we, we all have to fight for that space. It's not just the worship team. Uh, and it's not just the staff or the leaders or those who are serving on a Sunday it's each and every one of us we've got to we've got to somehow battle through our the 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 chaos and the and the rubbish of our week or whatever it was like for you and we've got to find that place where we get uh, back to what the heart of worship was all about uh, How many know it's not an easy place to be but here's one thing that I've learned over the years that helps me to get to that place i I start by thanking the Lord. No matter, you know, if I haven't got much to thank Him for this week, then, but I'll, I will find something. I will find something in Scripture if I don't have a, 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 a current revelation or a current experience, but I'll find something that forces me into that space of thanksgiving. Because I know when I, when I start thanking the Lord like we did this morning, it takes the focus off of me and it puts it back onto God. Is anybody getting this this morning? Yeah. This, might, this might seem so simple for us, but it, in many ways, um, we, we still struggle with it today. And there's nothing more uh, that the enemy would want to see happen in our lives than a distracted church. He can't divide you, but I, he, can, he, can, he can well and truly try and distract you. You, you cannot fall, but you can be distracted. You can be overwhelmed with the, the, the things of life, and uh, that, that can stop you from that, that. You can lose your joy in the in the process. Is anybody hearing this this morning? So that's why you've got to fight. You got to, you know. That's why the Bible is so clear to us. We enter His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise. Uh, uh, that's why you've got to start thanking God before you get it, You get here. You know, that's, that's, my, that's my key, to, that's my encouragement to you guys is before you even arrive, start thanking the Lord. Don't wait till you get here and after the first song is sung, before you start thanking the Lord. You need to be thanking God the minute you get up in, on a Sunday morning. That's got to be the, the attitude and the di- discipline in your life. But worship is so much more than just singing nice songs. Worship is actually a commitment to the house of the Lord. Amen, somebody. It is a worship. Is a commitment to being in the presence of God with other other Christians and other uh, people, and saying uh, together, "We're going to lift up the name of Jesus." That's that's worship. It's 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 not saying, "Ah, oh, the Warriors lost last night, therefore I'm not in the mood to go to church today." No one had that experience. Or well, the All Blacks lost. Woe is me, you know. Entire nation in mourning. Right? It doesn't matter who wins or who doesn't win. That's not going to determine my attitude to the house of the Lord. I'm going to be here regardless. And, uh, and I believe that that's a commitment we make unto God. Why? Because we are all saying uh, that, that uh, there shall be no other gods before Jehovah. Are you guys hearing this this morning? And so that's what worship really looks like. It's a commitment to God. It's a commitment to the house of the Lord. It's an attitude of the heart. It's saying, I'm going to put you first before my situation, before my circumstances. If I held up uh, those those notes again, and I scrunched it up in front of you again, that doesn't determine, uh, that doesn't change the value of the thing or my attitude. And in the same way, it doesn't change my attitude to the house of the Lord. I mean, this place could be falling over all around us and I'll still be worshipping my God. Amen. Amen. Whether it's raining outside whether, or, or whatever, it doesn't change what I do. Are you guys hearing this this morning? Yeah. The second thing is this. Well, let me go to the third thing just for the sake of time. Let's just go straight to the third thing. How do we put God first? How do we maintain that attitude that God, there are no other gods? It's number one is worship. Well, number three is this. We've got to keep trusting him. Trust is a big deal. Trust determines uh, our actions. Trust is a, 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 our actions are a response to the level of trust we have. For example, uh, this week uh, I, I flew up to Auckland again. Uh, and like I've said before, when we're sitting on that plane, there's only one person that matters on that plane at that very point. Yeah, he's the guy that wears the funny hat. Has the stripes on his shoulders. That pilot is the numero uno. It doesn't matter how good the coffee is or whether I get my little cookie time cookie or the corn chips. And I, don't, I don't know which one I'm going to choose this stuff. It was like, whoa, options. you know. And uh, the only thing that matters is that pilot. I put my full trust in him. Uh, for those of us that are still studying, uh, you trust that at the end of your three years of your study or whatever it is for you, that somebody's going to hand you a degree or a diploma or a certificate to uh, that, ref- that says you've achieved all the requirements. You're trusting that that university is going to do that. Amen. We've just got to maintain that trust for God. That God is who He said He is, and that in our lives He will do what He said He will do. That's that's trust. I trust in his unfailing love. I trust in his ability to come through. I trust in the name of the Lord. That's trust. Anything that erodes that trust becomes like an idol in your life. Anything that, that takes that space between you and God and your ability to trust and becomes like the focus of your life. You guys hearing what I'm saying here? becomes like an idol because it's taken away the focus. And so we've got to remove everything that stands in the way of us and of God and maintain that level of trust. Are you guys hearing this this morning? One of the, one of the greatest ways that I know that you'll be tested is is in the area of your, when when things don't go according to plan. That's when you get really tested. I mean, it's easy to trust God when everything's great. It's easy to trust God when all the, everything's being lined up, everything's in order, everything just is what it is, it's just so perfect. like the daffodils, they just pop up at the right time, right? And you're like dancing in the daffodils and life is good and life is happy and life is free but just one little thing goes wrong and it's and it's i'm tested do i really believe god am i really going to stick through am i really going to stay in this am i really going to persevere in this is anybody hearing this this morning i mean you're going to be what happens when your health <laughs> when your health deteriorates what happens when your marriage is strained what happens when your career, that career you've been striving for, that thing, that business you, tried, you started, uh, doesn't pan out the way you expected it to? What happens when your finances uh, are tight and, they, and you're struggling to make ends meet? What happens when those dreams and those needs that you have uh, don't pan out the way you hoped they would pan out, that you believe because you said because God, God was God? But now those things are not happening. Does that erode the trust you have for the Lord? I was going to test it. Amen? But it's in those places that we need to keep relying on the, and keeping our focus on the pilot who's flying the plane. Are you guys hearing this this morning? I, I, I just think for us who are here today, those who are watching online, it's easy to hear these passages and these scriptures. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. It's easy to read that and go, yep, I'm doing it. There's no gods before God, before Yahweh. But the gods that we might actually be battling with may not present themselves uh, the way they did in Egypt. They might not look or appear like God's. But to be honest, it's anything that takes our focus away from Jehovah, from Yahweh. That becomes like a God in our lives. Does that make sense? Anything that robs us of a heart of worship anything that robs us of an ability to trust, that are the thing; those are the things that become like gods in our lives. So here's what I want you to do. As we bring this thing to a close, and it'll be great. Here's what I want you to do. You guys got some homework. Yeah, hey, no one said. I want you to sit before the Lord in this coming week. I want you to ask God to reveal to you the things that might be blocking your view of God right now. They might just be distorting or just just a, a barrier from you seeing God clearly. See, for some of us, when we hear those words, Yahweh which is almighty which is personal or Jehovah that he is Jehovah that heals that he is Jehovah that supplies that brings peace when we hear that but we're not seeing that because there's something distorting our view of God does that make sense? I want you to sit down before God in this coming week and I want you to ask the Lord Lord Is there something right now that is distorting my view of you? Help me to identify it so that we can break this in Jesus' name. Help me to see this so that I can remove it from my life. I want you to live the life, and and God wants you to, God wants this for your life. You are called to live a life of abundance, of freedom, that you would live life and you would live it to the full. But here's what I know the enemy. He's always out there to steal, kill and destroy. And one of his greatest tactics is to distort, distort our view of who God is. We begin to see God less than what He really is. He's not almighty. He's not all-powerful. He's not all-knowing. And once we do that, we change the way we see ourselves and the value and the relationship that we have. Amen. Come on, let's stand together as we bring this meeting to a close. I just want you to close your eyes where you're standing just for a few seconds. I want to pray this prayer over you. Declare some things that God would speak some things over your life Thank you, Lord God. Come, thank you, Lord Jesus. If you need to raise your hands as a posture of surrender, then do that. Just open your heart. Be open in the next few moments to what I want to declare over you today. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for each and every person standing here this morning. I thank you for the families they represent. I thank you that this morning that you are reminding each and every person here of their true worth, their true value. I pray whatever might be distorting or distracting them from seeing you as you truly are, that you would break in Jesus' name. Whatever that lie might be, whatever that picture might be, whatever that distraction might be, that, that, that hurt might be, if it's a hurt, bring healing. If it's a lie, bring truth. I pray for each and every everyone here this morning that they would see you as you really are. That you are Jehovah. You are Yahweh. You are the God. There is no other God but you. And that you and your grace, you and your love, you and your, you and your desire, wanted a relationship with your people. I thank you through your son, Jesus, we have entered into that relationship. So in this coming week, I pray there will be breakthrough for people, that the distorted truth would be removed and a clear picture of who you are be revealed. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Father, for this series. We thank you, Father, that these commandments always and forever will begin with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.